0: You're listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. This episode features audio from a previously aired live video webcast. to sagas and sass season two i'm tara along with fellow hosts nick and nami this episode will cover city of brass the first book in sa chakraborty's Devabod trilogy
1: if you're watching live join us in the chat or after the fact follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at sagas and sass to continue the conversation
2: and just a reminder (laughs) the views expressed in this show are those of the hosts individuals and do not necessarily represent the show as a whole
1: And we are back after our extended end of summer break, and so ready to dive into the Devabad trilogy. City of Brass begins with Nari, a 20 or so year old woman living in 18th century Cairo who is part fortune teller, part thief, part healer. Okay, she's part a lot of things. And she's also really good with languages and performs what are essentially supposed to be like exorcisms, even though she doesn't believe in any spirits, evil or otherwise. However. When she attends a czar for a girl named Basima, she randomly decides to sing one of the songs in her native language, a language that no one else seems to know, and Basima reacts strangely. Then Nari hears a voice say, Who are you? But it's not from anyone at the czar. This leads to Nari being confronted by Basima on her way home. Basima is clearly, actually, for real possessed. And by by the way, Nari decided to cut through a local cemetery on her way home because atmosphere, and also who doesn't do things like that all the time, right? So Basima gets aggressive, a a mystery warrior appears out of nowhere, and then the dead start rising and attacking Nari and the warrior, who enchants a carpet so that they can fly away. The next thing we know, Nari and the warrior, who insist that he is a deva, not a gen, are on their way back to a place called Devabad. At first, he refuses to tell her, well, almost anything, but especially not his actual name, Yet he pesters her with questions about her healing powers, affinity for languages, and all sorts of other things. Nari isn't exactly happy with the situation, especially as he insists that she can't go back to her world, not with the Ifrit, which is what had possessed Basima after her. But there's also the added bonus that the warrior says he must be a Shafi, Sh- Shafi-, Shafi-, Shafi, or someone who is part gen and part human, and that Shafit have to live in Devabad. If you think this is all sounding really confusing, you aren't alone. Nari is confused, we're confused, and while in the midst of all this confusion, we also meet Ali, a Zhen prince living in Devabad, who has gotten mixed up with the Shafit. Shafit. Shafi- uh, keep messing that one up. <laughs> Shafit yeah. shafi- rebels, and even though he's trying to help the Shafit, he's um, he's really bad at it. He's not doing a good job at all. Seriously, on his first real mission, his Sikh has to sacrifice himself so that Ali can escape.
2: Back with Nari, who has made a failed escape attempt, we finally learn a bit more about things. First, the warrior's name is Dara, and he explains some things about the war- about his world, including the d- different elemental creatures, as well as that Ifrit used to be Deva, and that a human named Suleiman Uh, got a hold of a ring that allowed him to suppress Deva's powers, amongst other things. He also made them work for humans as slaves, though some refused and became the Ifrit, who now want revenge on both humanity and the Deva who submitted to Suleiman. Then, the Nahids, who Dara believes Nari is descended from because of her healing powers, became the rulers and named their tribe the Deva, because... They're afraid that another Suleiman type will come around again and destroy them if they have anything to do with humans. They end up notorious for not just discouraging mixing with the Shafiq, but killing them as well. To be honest, there's a whole lot more history than that, but tail they are, Dara keeps spilling his guts, things get kind of sparky between him and Nuri, Eh. And after a couple more run-ins with Ifrit and Ghoul- Ghouls and a water monster that has something to do with the water elementals called Merits, they do in fact reach Savabad and basically stroll in like the own the pl- like they own the place. And oh, would almost immediately help put out a brewing riot. Meanwhile, Ali has continued to struggle with trying to help the Shafid and also like not get executed by his own family for treason. <sighs> But all of a sudden he takes a backseat because of Nuri. And, wow, why can't I speak? So sorry, guys.
1: We're struggling tonight. It's okay.
2: All <laughs> of a sudden he takes the, takes the backseat to Nuri and Dara's arrival because his father, the king, welcomes them into Thababad and immediately invites Nuri to begin training as a healer at the palace. While Dara goes back off with Ali's older, older brother and the heir, to there, the emir. Ali comes back into play when the king insists that he befriends Nari, which Ali is not too happy about. But let's be real, he doesn't exactly have a choice considering the fact that his father knows exactly how deep his involvement with the Shafiq rebels went.
0: So time passes, Ali and Nari actually do become friends. The King starts plotting to marry Nari to Muntadir. Dara comes back from his mission empty handed and starts plotting to marry Nari to a David named Jim Sheed. And Nari rightfully gets pretty darn upset with him for trying to pawn her off because she kind of thinks she's in love with Dara. So they have a falling out and Nari who's been struggling with her healer training and realizes the King doesn't actually want her to succeed finally sits down with the King and- and agrees to marry Mutadir in exchange for a huge dowry and protection for Dara. Of course, when Dara hears about this, he decides she must must be uh, feeling forced into it and hares off to the palace to save her. Unfortunately, Ali shows up as Dara is trying to spirit her away. They have an epic fight, which Dara, who has amazing powers that even David shouldn't have, wins he then threatens to kill ali unless nari comes with him and the three of them are almost in the clear when whoopsie turns out that the uh secret boat they were using to escape was cursed and using it brings a whole bunch of warships down on them dara fatally injures ali who falls into the cursed lake and tries to kill mutadir who is saved by jim sheed and then ali pops out of the lake and kills dara Though Nari is devastated and Ali and Jamsheed are still in a world of hurt, the king isn't done with his nasty little plots. He strips Ali of his titles and claims to be banishing him from the city, which is apparently a death sentence of its own because Ali knows he'll be hunted down by assassins. Then the king meets with Dari and blackmails her into bringing the Deva tribe, which began revolting after Dara was killed, back under control. As if that wasn't enough, the king is refusing to allow anyone to help Jamsheed until his father Kava reveals who might have been helping Dara. So basically the king is a pretty huge ass hat and it's kind of difficult to not hate him at this point. While this is definitely the opposite of all's well that ends well, we do learn a couple of things at the very end that keep us going. One, Jamshid is a Nahid. Haha, ha, that rhymes. Yeah. Two, Nari's teacher, Nizreen, saved Dara's ring and implies that he could be brought back to life. And three, Manitza, presumably Nari's mother and formerly thought to be the last Nahid before she met an untimely end, is actually alive. So, wow, 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 wow. Do we have a lot to talk about?
2: <laughs> so you know, much. I think the worst part about that intro was that I didn't even bother reading in advance because I was like, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, all these character names. I got this and, uh, this, and stuff. And then halfway through, I forgot how to say Nari, and then I just <laughs> just evolved from there. You know,
0: like they honestly, to- it would not be Ooh. one of our summaries if at least one of us was mispronouncing names throughout. Like, yeah, seriously. Or like, and, and trust me, you're not the oh. only one. There's been times when. uh I think there's been a time when at least one of us has like pronounced it correct for a bit and then slipped and <laughs> and like fog. a wrong, weird pronoun- pronunciation. Like it's oh fine. We read a lot of books with names that are not easy to pronounce. Like yes. this is not just Davabod. It wasn't just a uh, uh, broken earth. Like we do it all the time with Temeraire too. Uh, yep. Jonathan and I were both struggling with one of the dragons from book six and Temeraire, like, I, I think the name was Kalingule. uh
1: I <laughs> can see why Jonathan
0: could I'll not. Jonathan it. could not like, and I just I like, even I like stumbled over it. It's just a mouth. I think
2: the part of this that's like you know extra embarrassing is it's like me being like, ah yes, I can't say brown names correctly today,
1: <laughs>
2: and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like Nami, like what is wrong with you, like. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I was I I finished listening to the audiobooks yesterday and um So how and, did they And so that? you know like I had the the pronunciations in my head from that and I still couldn't remember Ifrit, so you know whatever See, It's funny it's fine. Like a
2: lot of these pronunciations like I know the correct way to like say most of them but for some reason I cannot get her name right like I keep I don't know what my mind, what my brain is trying to do with that word, but Nahri, my brain, my brain doesn't want to say it. It's like no, it's not. Let's <laughs> not, stop making stuff up.
0: Well, and it doesn't help that like throughout the book they call her Banu Nahid as well as mm-hmm. Banu Nari, and and like it, they they refer to her in. Several different ways. Um, so oh, like it's, the titles and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, and and I know it's not, you know, there's the title versus her name and everything, but like it's, they're like they use them interchangeably. Uh, you know, like even even Dara, like he calls her Nari, Banu Nari, and Banu Nahid Like at, I don't know, it was, it was not not confusing per se because they're all similar enough, um, but it was definitely like, oh my gosh, just pick one and stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I forget, like I got.
3: just
2: it. have one so, name also yeah like full disclaimer here i was gonna reread this like in time for this but like i my life has been a mess so i had like literally this is me from like a year and a half ago memories of this book being like oh yes things that i remember
1: it's oh really my gosh like- we are living like Audience members, your your hosts here. We are we are living through it, y'all. in a
2: bathroom, because it's like really cold in my house, and I just I was really cold, so I like put this on, and then I was like, oh, you should take it off for the show, and then I just didn't take it off, and like here we are,
3: we're
1: Be comfy. We're
3: all
2: guess, living. We're all first living a that I want to say is that I find it really funny that like, um. Well, first off, like it's called Devabad, and. Deva means like means like God.
3: In mm-hmm.
2: like some Indian languages, amongst them is like mine. So I was like, I was like, so the whole time they're doing this, I'm like, mm hmm. I see what
0: you're doing there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I will be honest. I am not going to try to pronounce it as properly as you just did because I don't want to just slaughter the the absolute correct pronunciation. So okay.
2: I I apparently literally can't say her name and. <laughs> This is like, like you have an excuse. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have an
1: excuse. Yeah, we're white. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know oh. what I'm doing right now, but my, my brain is like, this isn't a real word. And I'm like, yes, it is. Please yeah. stop So shaming. It's just, it's,
0: just like, it's, it's, it's real words meshed together into one word, right? Um, How did they
2: pronounce her name in the audiobook? Nari. Nari. Oh, see, there it is. There it is. This whole time, I was trying to do some nonsense. I was trying to begin a port <laughs> A like I was white. Like, gnarly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sogs and Sass, episode 27, City of Brass, in which we struggle over pronunciation, but actually finally talk about how much we struggle over pronunciation.
1: <laughs> Instead of just nary. constantly doing it. Yeah. You're actually yeah. acknowledging it now.
0: I think,
2: um, I think I'm just experiencing, like residual shame for not being able to say the words of my own people, essentially. <laughs> my own people once removed.
1: I'll just start mispronouncing Kevin to help you feel better.
2: Oh my god, can you? <laughs>
3: amazing. Keevan, yeah. Keevan?
1: Yeah, he's like... I, I have a good friend named Keevan. He's <laughs> he's a great guy. Uh, play, plays a lot of beer pong, you know?
0: I feel like I've been... In this realm before, and it was like recently at like a Dragon Con panel, or possibly, uh possibly like at one of in one of the Drinking Con episodes where we were talking and I was like purposefully mispronouncing names because I had stumbled <laughs> once. Um okay, okay. Anyway, uh so one thing I wanted to talk about um just to start off with is the world building. Uh I, I saw this one quote and I I I like it. Uh, it was where someone called it a vibrant yet credible parallel world. Um, that that Those words stood out to me. I did see a mm-hmm. lot of reviews that referred to it in similar ways, but that specific wording just really stood out for me. Um, but like, I feel for, for my part, I feel like the world wasn't really fleshed out. Um, there were some really beautiful like descriptions, descriptors, um, but a lot of the, where's and what's and why's are still a mystery to me uh i'm guessing slash hoping that this is because it is more fleshed out in the second and third installments but um and i realized I, i felt like am i alone in this um and but when i was googling just sort of discussion points uh there were a lot of people that had complaints about just how confusing things were because like, there were things that maybe should have been fleshed out and explained that weren't, um, I, I, and I'm not saying that it's bad, that the world building was bad or anything like that. Like I obviously was still really sucked into the story as a whole, um, but there were parts there, There's part, I, there's more that I'll, that I wanted to get into, not necessarily in this specific part of the conversation, but later where I'm just still at a loss as to why these things were included the way they were. Um, uh, well, I guess like one, one of them, and I, I put this later in, in, you know, our like list of things to discuss, but one of the things that I was just, I'm still so confused about is the, is it Perry's, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Perry's. okay the um flying uh i don't even i don't even remember how to describe them honestly cuz the it was
2: elemental beings yeah
0: yeah they're they're and they're but they're like you know the way uh what's his name K- kaiser kaiser is described is like uh eagle lion monster they I, I, or maybe not lion I, it, I'm sorry I I they were so briefly like Kaiser was so briefly described and then like he only appeared again briefly toward the beginning and then again like kind of toward maybe like the end of the first third of the book that I just I'm, I'm very lost about what they are and why they're part of this and like I know that that's more of a in, in this specific instance, it sounds like more of a character thing. But to me, it's like, why bring them into it so like briefly in this book? I mean, so I mean, there's zo- yeah, like zero I, explanation. You
2: know, I think to me, it like it makes a lot of sense the way we're introduced to information in this book because we are, you know, given information in a very limited perspective because we are seeing things from. Ner- Nari's point of view, and she doesn't know what the hell's going on. And she is confused as heck. And I think, you know, while, yeah, there's a lot of things that could be explained and like the reasons for things being there could be explained more. I think it makes sense that the explanation for given are more like, this is how it is. That's what this is, the end. And like, I think Like, it's one of those things that, like, I was also super confused going through and being like, what's happening? Oh my God. But then (laughs) it was like, that's totally what Nari's doing. And like, it's from her point of view. So like, it kind of, like it, it's an effective device to put the reader in the same exact place as the POV character. And then, you know, when it comes to like going into Eliza's POV, like he's a prince. He already knows everything. He doesn't need to explain everything he sees because he's like, all right, I see it. This is how it is. Cool. You know? And like, because those are our perspectives, we don't get that information and i think it makes a lot of sense and like normally i'm also like very much the like tell me everything explain everything to me but like if it's coming from the point of view of like the new person stepping into the world and i don't get all the explanations like it and it is because that new person is as nari is being sort of like misled and like directed to believe certain things throughout this book like you basically find out that everyone's trying to manipulate her for their own purposes in some way or another and because of that she never really gets the full picture of everything that's going on so I think with that it makes sense for the information we get and I think um you know when people are talking about like that it's a vibrant yet crowded credible parallel world it's not so much the fact that like things are fully fleshed out it's more the fact that like I think it does a really, really good job of merging this idea of like there are Jin among us and there's a whole society of them and they are existing secretly and this is how, and this is where they are and this is what they're doing. And I think that aspect of it is like really like kind of like cleverly designed and hidden. And then as far as actual details, it's like YOLO, you're new and we're manipulating you. <laughs> so uh, have fun motherfucker.
1: I tend to agree. The one thing I will say is that there were many times where I was very frustrated with the um, Dara character. And one of the things that's frustrating about that is that he could have given her some of that information. And by giving it to her, he would have also given it to us as the reader. But instead he's deliberately written as a character that is Uh. that isn't going to tell us that information. And I understand why. uh, But at the same time, I did find myself frustrated sometimes with that because you're absolutely right. Like, there's no reason Nari would know that information. So we wouldn't know that information. But we have a character who is with us through almost the entire novel Mm -hmm. that could give us so much more information, but is deliberately withholding.
2: Yeah, in a way, I think that's sort of the most clever part of it. Cause like, you know, normally when you have a character like Dara who's like supposed to be like the guider or like the person who's guiding you mm-hmm. and like sort of entering, like helping you enter into this world, they are giving you all the answers. And you realize as the story goes on that like the reason Dara isn't giving all these answers is because he's actually a really not great dude as well. And like he's it- fucking
1: trash.
3: He's a
2: garbage man. Don't even get me started. I remember starting oh, We're gonna
1: book, get started. And
2: I remember starting this book and I was talking to my friends about it. And I'm like, yeah, I love this. I love Dara so far. They're like, ha.
1: Interesting choice.
2: And then later I literally keyboard smashed them. I was like, guys, he's garbage. I hate him. Mass murdering. Hiding all of his motivations. Duh. And it's like, Ugh. also like it makes, it's like such a clever Reversal of like a normal trope of, like, ah, oh, yes, here's the guiding character who's going to give you all the answers. And then he That's does true. it, and you're slowly getting frustrated at him. And you're like, why isn't he giving me the answers? I should be knowing this. I should be knowing this. I should be knowing this. And then at the end, it's like, turns out he wasn't giving me the answers because he's a mass murderer, and giving me the answers would have been him being like, hi, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of really bad.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Oh my gosh, Dar's a fuckboy. He really Whoa. is.
2: But here's the worst part, though. Like, fuckboys usually aren't past murderers
1: uh i mean you're, yeah you're absolutely right
2: <laughs> usually usually um i can't believe i'm defending fuck boys here but like low-key is just the worst because like i wrote it somewhere else in our notes i was like i was like kind of going up like a straight like on a straight like kind of like rampage about it because i was like what did i call it i put this in quotes and i was like i was like Dara is a dude who thinks he's good talking about how good he is and how wronged he was and turned out he's actually a mass murderer and his defense is that they killed my family so I killed everyone and (laughs) yikes and
0: um, their romance still murder yeah their romance gave me super big like Edward Bella Nope. Yep.
2: So, like, yes, but no for me. It, it definitely was like that, like, beginning of distaste, but, like, since Nari's, like, solidly in her 20s, I was like, yeah, girl, do what you want. Go for it, girl. That I was...
1: also don't date narcissists who are mass burners.
2: Oh, yeah, no, I, I also was also <laughs> looking, like, you know, find a better boy toy, but, like, at the same time, I was like, hey, you know what? You do you, girl. i um, Listen, I'm like, I'm like, very, very here for the portrayal of a brown woman taking like charge of her own like sexuality and not being demonized for it. So I was like, I was like, all snaps for her, no accounting for taste.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair, yeah. I I was very fair. I just when I say I got those Edward Bella vibes, it was mostly like uh, the the pretty pretty guy who is very 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 old with a much like like younger you know not not she's at least not under 18 i guess but she's still like hey, a listen year old, i'm not a fan
2: but at least she's a consenting adult so you know what all the other vampire books out there i'm gonna give cred for you know consenting adult with a mortal <laughs> you know,
1: but also was she consenting since she did not know that he was a mass murderer
2: You know. Listen, I will I will give girl credit where credit is due. He is hot, objectively.
0: <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> fair. I mean, I, I, I did see somewhere that at some point this had this series, I think it was like last year, they announced that the series had been optioned by Netflix. Interesting. Uh, yeah, but that was over a year ago. It was like May of 2020. And there's been, like, nothing since. uh,
2: Somewhere in between tentatively excited and incredibly nervous because because main character Muslim woman is just so much for Netflix to get absolutely disgustingly wrong. So I'm like, all right.
1: okay. Oh, wow. Apparently, Edgar Wright was going to produce it.
3: I don't know know who that 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 is. is.
1: Oh, he did um, like Hot Fuzz, um, that whole trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. He also did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe. Um,
0: I mean, I'm not hating on those movies, but uh, that seems like a really odd.
1: This is a weird. But I mean, he's he's acting as producer, not as like director or screenwriter or anything.
0: Right, so right. That's but at still, least something. I don't think my eyebrows could raise any farther off my face right now. <laughs> um,
3: that's fair. I don't
0: know. We'll see about that. It's, it's 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 it was you know it's it's like super vague mentions that I saw of it. So who knows if if it'll actually come to pass. Um, but okay. Okay. So going back to the world building, and this is something that we kind of chatted a little bit about. Um, and also I did finally go, I, I like, I found a map. <laughs> Yay. I found a map. Okay. <laughs> I found the David map. And I was like, Oh, okay. I, I know geography. I can place these things. Um, so there's six tribes, right? Uh, the uh, um, hopefully I don't murder any of these names. Would you really like me to try this instead? Yeah, uh, yeah, hmm. the tribe names. Well, actually, I mean, I, I I, feel like I should at least try and then you can tell me how wrong I am, Sa- Sarain.
2: <laughs> oh God, that was terrific. Um, if I had to guess, I would say Saharan. Like...
0: I, I guess because it's like S-A-H-R-A-Y-N. Like, Saharin. I guess that they're going with-
1: Sarain, I think.
0: Yeah, because oh. they're from Kart Sahar. But to. this one's a weird one. Well, yeah. no, actually, it's not. There, like, this isn't even the weirdest one. The next one is even weirder. Okay, um, but so this, uh, based on the map, the the actual Davidov map, um, like this is they're basically located in North Africa. Uh, I think that it's supposed to be more Egyptian, but the way it's like placed on the map, based like compared to a real world map, it's like kind of a lot of Northern Africa. Yeah, um, I,
2: I interpreted that as most of Northern Africa instead of just yeah. the Egyptian. Also because this is the tribe that we learn the least about. And yeah. the actual description of like, you know, how they have, how they're like sailors and they have, and they like- Sand ships be, like, or whatever. Have like ships that are also sand ships made me sort of think that, you know, these people are not, where, are the, where are these- Jin are living is not actually close to human civilization and that's what all these descriptions make it sound like and so that's why i was like very like oh like north africa but like specifically not egypt because egypt's like rather densely populated along the nile but like the rest of it it's like yolo actually i don't know what's in the rest of north africa i'm talking out of my butt right now that was my interpretation (laughs) it wasn't a great uh
0: algeria Algeria but Morocco is like way like eastern North Africa I don't think it's supposed
2: to be like very much all of North Africa because of where they wrote the name on the map because they have Cairo labeled and then specifically it's like and then over here is it I was like that's
0: Tunisia Tunisia I knew it started with a (laughs) T Tunisia is the one I was thinking of Um, I'm pretty sure it's like I, I think the area that it is is like Egypt and Tunisia and maybe Libya. Cause I feel like I know Morocco is too far east and I can't place Algeria off the top of my head. But yeah, so it's, 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 it's Northern Africa and I um, love
3: geography.
2: So I have no idea where things are.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have a general idea, but like if you, if I saw a map with the like country lines specifically like cut out, I would probably be able to I mean, label them do but... that with
2: the map of the US and the states now. <laughs> so, like, you're doing great.
0: I'm good at memorizing weird things <laughs> um I don't know if that's really a skill that I would brag about no, uh, but cool. yeah so yeah. But, but but generally, I think a good I think a good placement of them is just northern Africa, you know um but probably more like middle to, uh, I'm sorry, and I said Eastern. I meant Western. Morocco's in Western Af- Northern Africa, um, but specifically, like you know, mid to like Eastern uh, Northern Africa is is probably where they're from. Um, and then there's the I- Ayanla, Ayanle, I That one, I'm I'm. It's A Y A A N L E. And and, and their their land. This is what I was talking about. This is even worse because their land is Tatantri. Yeah, I'm not
2: sure. gonna even try that one because that's not yeah. I that that's nowhere near my genre of words.
0: Yeah, like, I, I would guess I it's would like Ayanle. Yeah,
2: Ayanle is what I had for the actual pronunciation of the group.
0: So that is like uh the like Kenya and Ethiopia region of Africa because it's at the head mm-hmm. of the Nile River. Um but it's very interesting because it's described as being this very like rich area, which is not how that's not how we are and again, this is based on like like far past history and also uh um like folklore, you know, from yeah, this area of the world.
2: One thing to keep in mind is that I think um like real world timeline wise this is supposed to be like in the previous century so like 1900s if i remember correctly Mm.
0: yeah yeah it's um it's well actually weirdly enough the french under napoleon have just uh entered northern africa is is what i is is what i'm pretty sure happened it's like it's oh, like
2: shit. so we're talking like 1800s yeah early okay. 1800s we're, we're talking like Temeraire, Temeraire time <laughs> at the same exact time right now because <laughs> yeah. i think Temeraire is happening at the same exact time right now. Yes. yes like <laughs> okay, what like, if this
0: is the same world it's all connected <laughs>
2: okay guys all right so i'm not saying that Temeraire and Devabad are in the same world but i'm also not saying that they're not
0: <laughs> I mean they, they <laughs> could be because they're they are it's parallel worlds so just saying um it's true so uh so yeah that's so that's like that's like the like I said like the Kenya Ethiopia region of like Middle Eastern Africa, like like down where the point of it comes out. And then um then we get to the Getziri who are from amgatsira and that is uh like Saudi Arabia, um, yeah, and, and like, and also like the coast. I think like Yemen and and Oman. Yeah,
2: they specifically say that they're sort of like pushed out into like further into the peninsula and like further away from the Fertile Crescent to like hide from humans that are thriving there.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and also I th- I think that like th- we get this is one of the we get a good bit. Uh, we get a decent amount of information about the Ayanle. Um, but there's a. I can tell you, like, I, I just finished the second book, <laughs> so like, there's a lot more about them in the second book. But uh, you know, this book is mainly focused on the Katsiri uh, yeah, and, and the
2: Deva are the one that the Deva, know.
0: which is next, which yeah. is uh, they're um, from Devastana, and oh,
2: actually not bad. I mean, yeah, I'm not,
0: I'm not trying to like real pronounce it. I'm white person pronouncing it. Okay. Like
2: the white person pronunciation, that was like seven times better than I was expecting you to get. So like, nice.
0: I'm actually weirdly good with pronunciations. If I like, if if it's, there's some things in, in, I think previous books where I was like, well, shoot, I'm still never going to call Genya Genya, but you know,
2: (laughs) forever. No Genya. Um,
0: but yeah, so so this is like I, this is again like this vast swath of land that is it encompasses like Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Iran. I think it's probably probably supposed to be more like Pakistan, but the way it's it is on the map yeah. is like that entire I
2: region. Believe the way so they say from the Sea of Pearls, and I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be the Mediterranean, right? Like. Unless I'm completely wrong. I don't know. Your description amazing. made it sound like it was like literally from the Mediterranean to the border of India. So, like, yeah. all of like, it was basically all of those scan countries. Wow. That was, um,
0: that was bad. That was bad, <laughs> Nami. I'm glad it's you no. that said that okay. and yeah. not either of Same. us. <laughs> I'm just, I'm
1: staying quiet right now. Like that just doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm the trying. weird thing is. Okay, so the next one. This is the weird wait, thing.
2: Well before we go, I wanted to okay. give another fun fact because Devastana is actually the word for temple in my language. So, yeah,
0: in your language, yeah, which I
2: it's South Indian language, uh, Kannada.
0: I, I know. I like. I was gonna say. I know we talked about this, and it's yeah, not a language not that I would know off the top of my head Um, that's interesting though it's also
2: possible that that might just be a general like hindi word that was absorbed into like a lot of indian languages i'm not sure um all i know is that devastana means
0: um that's interesting i mean so so then uh we've got two left now this one this one's weird because like the next one is uh the takuristani and they're from takuristan and i just like just seeing this um and just like the brief, like sort of mentions that they got in City of Brass, I just kind of assumed it was like Turkey. And maybe mm-hmm. that's me being, I don't know, like not a good person or something, but like Tukurassani Turkey, like, but apparently it's like China. It's yeah. China. Because like yeah, when I really, when I looked up the actual description of the land and when I because I looked up the descriptions of each like people and land first and then I looked at the map and I was like oh shoot so it's China like I mean but also the description of the land is that it, uh, it was, extends it from growth. like the like from the Gobi and like it mentions like the Silk Road and I'm like oh okay but really I would have assumed that that was yeah no I think I think it was kind
2: of funny because I actually. Um, the version of the book that I read had that map in the beginning already. So even though knee jerk was like maybe something related to Turkey, I saw like where it was positioned, like it was on the map just right on top of China. And I was like, ah, yes, got it.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and we don't really learn much about them in this book either. Um, they're, they're up they're mostly with, I, I think we learn more about the Ayanla uh, Ayanla than we do about either the Sarain or the uh, Turkistani, And then last is the, last but not least, is the Agnavanshi. Agnavanshi?
2: Agnavanshi.
0: Agnavanshi, okay. Um, which is basically India.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but we don't learn there, very much about them either.
2: Yeah, there's like one main character who's like from there, but she's not even a main character. She's like in love with the prince, like the older prince. And then she's like, eh, doing my best, Bye
0: oh she okay yeah yeah the the yeah, like courtesan,
2: the, the courtesan. Mm-hmm. and um the capital is agni Vansha, and that's funny to me because agni means fire and i was like hey look at, you <laughs> look at um, all these words doing good all right that was me attempting to redeem myself for saying words wrong and also, <laughs> also for me my, my stand statement, but it takes me back to my my funny joke, which was not that funny, but I'm gonna say <laughs> it anyway because I thought it was clever, and it was that I stand Zababad.
3: Wow, it's like uh, but that
2: not sh- that funny, but as a pun, burr, I'm like listen, fired.
0: dad jokes are ten thousand percent welcome in this chat. <laughs> um. Okay, so so basically, we have a world. It is a parallel world to our real world that goes from northern Africa down to you know uh, the east eastern like tip that points out of southern or uh, of Africa and then up through um, Middle East and into Asia, right? Uh, it's it's huge, and the weird thing is, like, on on real world maps, and even then, comparing the David map to real world maps, it's just so much bigger than they make it sound like. Honestly, um, when they're, and I guess part of that might be that what we experience in this book. I mean, we know that that um, Nari and Dara fly on their magic carpet over a good portion of this land right but uh the they like what we see for the majority of this book is just the the little microscopic like 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 microcosm of Davabad, the city yeah mm-hmm. right
2: you know it's kind so, of like it's in the name you know it's the city of grass like the focus is that city itself and the politics right. within that city. and I think it's actually really interesting because, you know, specifically in like the descriptions about the, about like the six gen tribes, they talk about how like some of these tribes like straight up are notorious for not getting involved in the drama of the Babad. And I, like I spent, I remembered it in reference to the Agnovanshi and it was like, it was like, yeah, they, they've got lots of good craftsmen and tradespeople and they do not, they do not worry about what's going on in Devabad because they do not want in on that drama. And I was like, mood. Like, like if I was not a Gaziri or a Deva, I would, I would just yeet myself out of that entire situation. The political, the political stuff is a big, big mess because actually this is, I I know I'm going all over the place. I'm really trying. (laughs) I'm doing my best. I've forgotten how to human and how to read book. And also I read this a year now. Guys, I'm a mess but so politically i love like the setup of all of this because no one is clearly good in terms of like political background because like you hear about like the fight between the deva and like the gaziri and how all of that went down and how like what happened there and like why there was the fighting with the shafi and like over the shafi and their rights and all of that and like all throughout all of this like none of the parties are purely good and I really right. like that because Nari like shows up in the middle of all of this. And she's like, I'm supposed to be like the representative for the devas. So the devas hate Shafi, but I'm Shafi. And just like all of that wrapped into the like moral ambiguity of like, sort of like what is essentially closer to a real world conflict than a fantasy conflict. Cause in all mm-hmm. fantasy conflicts, it's like usually very obvious, like who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. And while the King is, manipulative and kind of the worst and what am i saying kind of the worst he is the worst he's like not not cool dude but like this whole time as you get more and more information you're realizing that this whole place really is shades of gray and no one is Mm -hmm. like the morally good party which is really exciting in fantasy because you almost never get that it's always like this good this evil black white there you go done
1: when we specifically learned that the king isn't the worst. He isn't good by any means, but he's nowhere near as bad as we think that he is because of our perceptions for most of the book.
2: Yeah. And I think the only reason that I, like, clarify him as being the worst is because in this case, the thing that I'm taking to be the worst is his willingness to let his son be assassinated and his unwillingness to do it on his own and, like, like that whole end with a little I was like I was like not only are you like letting your family die you're taking the coward's way out of it by like indirectly letting him be assassinated but not having the balls to do it yourself. And like that for me was sort of like why I was like he's the worst because yeah no that just all of that like that's his son man like Darzak, That was really boy. bad.
0: I think for oh, yeah. me, I think for me it was uh it was his threats against like well where where he blackmailed Nari into you know ba- like not like not, it wasn't even that he made her like lie about Dara or anything like that cuz Dara is obviously not great and that's whatever but like it was the 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 onus like like the, the, what he told her would happen if she didn't you know what i mean yeah. like mm-hmm. uh the, all these absolutely like truly innocent people would die. I mean, we're not talking just adults, you know, who might have been plotting against him or something. It was like, mm-hmm. I will kill women and children. And I don't know, like, Nick, what about you? Like, like, did you, what was your, what was your like, he... uh Oh, he's
1: terrible. And, you know, his willingness to basically do whatever it takes in order to achieve, like, his willingness for whatever... Uh,
2: his, like, the ends justify the means. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly it. And I, I don't know why I couldn't think of it. It's but, okay. yeah. we're all bad the, at
2: things today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> humaning is hard.
0: But, yeah, like,
1: the the whole idea that whatever he has to do to accomplish what he thinks is the right thing, you know, I, I can't get behind that at all. Uh, I think he and Dara compete pretty heavily for who the worst is. Um, But because he has so much power and can, I think, affect more people, he probably does deserve to be the worst. You're probably right.
2: See, I think he is objectively the worst, but I think for me personally, Dara is the worst because Dara does not seem to realize that he's the worst.
1: That is one of the things that pisses me off the most. And I think that's what
2: bothers me the most about Dara.
1: His (laughs) self-righteousness and like, Mm. I'm the best. when in fact he is is the worst is
2: really fucking terrible because like i will say like as shitty as the king is and as much as he is a terrible person you know that like he's not sitting here being like i am good he's sitting here being like i am doing what i need to do to maintain power and i know that's why i'm doing it and i'm i'm doing it for reasons and i'm and I'm not pretending that I'm an angel. Meanwhile, Dara's running around. And he's like, I'm a mass murderer. Love me. I'm the best. And I'm just like, Dara, sit the fuck down, you piece of garbage trash. <laughs> I just, ugh.
1: And I think, just the way that he treats Nari throughout yeah, the, the book, bold. I just, like, cannot stand it.
2: Yeah. Hate it. Honestly, like by the end of the book, I feel bad for Nari because Dara is dead and like he was and like, you know, he is shitty, but he was like her protector there. But also I'm like, I'm like, girl, stop mourning him. He was the worst.
0: Well, I mean, and that was one of the things I wanted to talk about because was Dara like, like, did anyone else? and, And I think we've already kind of touched on this a little bit. Did anyone else feel that anyone else feel that we got one picture of him? When he and Nari were on the road to Devabad, you know, and then once they were there, though, he was kind of like shunted to the side. Oh,
3: that's
2: and scary.
0: what we did see, what, but, but then like when he did appear, it was like, this is weird. This is like not how he was with her, to her at all. When they were just the two of them alone on the road, um, it, it was just, it was very, it was, to me, it's like I don't – like part of me thinks it might have been, you know, sure, it's just because uh, it was just the two of them and and he was portraying himself to her one way. But also I think this is a little bit of like maybe not the best writing um, character-wise because we got – like it's okay. Like he he disappears to go on his little mission to track the – Ifrit with uh Munda Deer and a bunch of others and then we hear like nothing about him at all and we hear nothing about what happened on that trip at all and then he comes back and it's like all just a little bit it, just everything we hear from when he from the moment he comes back is just like he's trying to like pawn Nari off to marry uh, is it J- Jamshid? Jamshid? Jamshid. Jamshid um, who like poor Jamshid who's just like Wants to be like happy with Montadir. and like
2: he just wants to be gay with his prince and I support them and I'm really yep. really sad for them honestly. Montadir! Yep. he's my favorite character, he's just trying his best and trying to keep Ollie alive. Yeah, no, I can't believe I'm saying that like the Playboy character is my favorite. That's how that's how sad life is right now. <laughs> but, but no, I you know, I think the worst thing for me and rather the reason why like. Dara's whole bullshit and that whole weird vibes made sense was because the whole time like Dara knows that the reason he's been isolated from Nari is because the king is trying to manipulate Nari and because they're going to tell Nari the truth of what Dara actually did so Dara comes back and he's full damage control mode and he's like I need to get her out of there I need to get her out of there she has to trust me and me only and it's Mm -hmm. like and like yeah there's a big contrast between what you see of him before and what you see of him after. But like
0: think that whole sense. like I need to get her out of there. She has to trust me only is so gross. It's yep. so it's so like yep. I've been there before. I've been there before. <laughs> BT Dubs uh yep. with, with a guy that I was in a relationship with that like his, I, I mean, his whole thing was, uh, like, we, we met cosplaying Cersei and Jamie Lannister, and his whole thing was, like, you know, uh, everybody but us is the enemy. And that's very yeah, much like, what Dara, like, yeah. Dara's doing.
2: And, like, you know, like, the reason it's so weird when he comes back is because he knows, he knows that, like, people are telling Nori the truth and that the truth's gonna fuck him. And, like, I think the fact that he is so weird when he comes back was like for me biggest vibe checks because like he comes back and i'm like yay dara's back and he comes back and he's like really fucking weird and like technically at this point i correct me if i'm wrong because i don't remember you don't get the reveal about dara being like literally the worst until the very end or like middle end because if mm-hmm. i recall correctly up until then it's like they sort of don't tell her specifically what he did because like it's so bad and they assume that she knows some sort of thing and like it becomes one of those like oh of course everyone knows he's bad but i guess she likes him anyway sort of things and so she never like she never explicitly is told of his crimes and she is led to believe that it's just them being like vaguely tribe racist towards him for being a veva warrior and being scared of him sort of and like kind of like let yeah. believe implicitly that it's that and then he comes back and he does that about face and you're like what is wrong with him right now and then you find out the actual and you sort of go back and review that with the assumption that dara probably thought that she knew that and that's why he's being real fucking weird and it's like oh and like
3: <laughs>
2: you know once again it goes back to like you know, I, I actually thought it was like really good writing because the way that Chakraborty writes in a way that you are truly experiencing everything that nari is experiencing which is that nobody's telling her shit and she's trying to make sense of things meanwhile all around her all of these people are conspiring and trying to get their own stuff done and so motives and the way that people behave towards her are changing for what appears to be no reason and then later on you're starting to find out what those reasons probably are and dara not telling her what happened on that mission textbook dara he doesn't tell her anything that was the one thing that was actually perfectly in character for Ro- what well, he knew from the beginning. Of course he wouldn't tell her shit. He doesn't tell her anything. Garbage boy,
0: drop Well, but I think it's it's not just Dara not telling her anything. Like she never in this book do we find out really anything that happened yeah. on that mission. You oh, know? Yeah. Um Loki,
2: I suspect it was just a go away, we don't want you here mission.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh but when Dara's is like I think he says no. something to her like the if we just disappeared and it was like I mean that doesn't I mean really like nothing happened at all you guys just went out there and had like a boys camping trip for a couple weeks or something couple months however long it was <laughs> well
1: it is explicitly said that Dara had the idea to hunt down the Ifrit, Um and that uh, the king is basically relieved that he had this idea because it means that he doesn't have to be like, hey, maybe you should go over here for a while, um, and so then he
0: sends his then he sends his heir with him. Like well, he just, specifically
1: just- says he has to send one of his sons, and he can't send Ali, so he sends Mutadir. because he needs to like try to. Part of it is he needs to try to like get in good with Dara, and uh, part of it is because. He needs. What was the other reason why he couldn't send Ali? Like the big reason he couldn't send Ali is because Ali would just piss Dara off.
0: Oh, I think they Um, would both piss each other off, as we learn later in the book. Like every time they are around each other, they're just at each other's throats. I love Ali so much
2: because, like, he's truly an example of like a character who's trying their best and trying to learn, but is also in like such a shitty environment where he can't really learn. And, like, also, he's just actually kind of still a child, and he's trying to do his best, but he's got anger management issues. And then the straight-up, like, monster from his nightmares is actually still alive (laughs) and shows up in his life, and he's just, like...
0: (laughs) Well, and also, he's very much, like, he does not bend. Oh, no. He does not break. He is very staunch in his beliefs and you know to be honest most of them are you know his desire to help the shafi like his desire to make things better for the people of Devabad is honorable um but then like he also is just so stuck in like his ways that he doesn't do a good job of any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that is being young. Sure. But uh. it's
2: sort of funny to me though. Cause like, you know, the way the book starts out, like Dara is framed as like the hero and like this whole time, like, Eliazad was like I was watching him do shit and being like oh my god stop being mean to Dara you're so prejudiced and terrible and then like (laughs) like, yeah I get that you're trying to be better but like your prejudices are taking a hold of you and then you find out what Dara did and you're like oh shit Eliazad I'm so sorry sweetie please (laughs) not murder him like you were correct my bad
1: (laughs) this man trash
2: yeah, like, like my about face on like, like, like I said, like my friends were like straight up like, like I was in a chat with them. This is like my normal Grishaverse book, uh, like group and they were they were like, yeah, read they have about so I did and they were just watching me love Dara and like not really caring for liaison and they were like, all right, okay, tell us how you really feel. Give us a second. And They all knew they all knew the day that I got to that part because I was like, what? <laughs> I think I think one of my favorite things was like, like. One of my friends, like at the very beginning, they were like, Yeah, I hate Dara because he's like done all these war crimes. I'm like, What do you mean? He's a war hero. And she goes, Oh no, how far in the book are you? And I'm like, Well, I'm like, I'm like maybe a third in. And she goes, Oh yeah, sure. He's a war hero.
0: Yeah, he's totally a war hero. And I was like, Well, and also, um, you know, a war hero to some is Mm -hmm. also usually a war criminal to others. And, but like this is why war, war is bad.
2: And like but the other thing is that there's like there's like you know there is a soldier who fights and kills other sh- soldiers. And that is the default setting. Like mm-hmm. if you're a soldier and you killed other soldiers, that is normal. I'm not going to think you are more bad for doing that like war is a terrible thing and it makes soldiers do terrible things that's unquestionable but there's an absolute difference between a soldier who's fighting and killing other soldiers and a soldier who kills civilians and specifically kills innocent unrelated women and children and like civilians in general and that's what uh, that's what dara did like he is a war criminal he's not just and i think i think that's the difference i'm trying to say like like you can't really call like the good the like really strong and capable and scary warrior on the other side of the war a war criminal if all they're doing is killing soldiers because that's what a soldier is supposed to do like a war criminal is like someone very different who does things within war that are outside the boundaries of morality and that is like that is killing civilians that is like that is what Dara does, like
0: or did. Yeah,
2: Dara's um, bad. Hate Dara. Ugh, <laughs>
0: yucky. <laughs> uh, Dara yucky. And speaking of, maybe not. Hate isn't. Hate is a strong word for all the characters. But one of the things that I want to talk about was that by the end of this book. That's pretty pissed at like every character and did not oh, like for any of sure. them for one reason or another. Like,
1: Oh my gosh. Nari pissed me off so much.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and it's like, I, I, I have like some, like, like a more, I have a little bit of understanding for like some of the things that they did and, and the decisions mm-hmm. that they made with Nari mm-hmm. and Ali. But like, it's still so, like, none of them are acting like good people by the end. Like, I mean, shoot. I mean, Ali, like we, you know, he he gives up his support uh, of the Shafiq entirely uh, out of a combination of, like, honestly not wanting to be killed by his family and also, like they have weapons and it's like dude you wanted to help them and like while i get the whole like not wanting them to have like guns and stuff like i I feel I i
2: have to like super defend ollie on that because if you are a person who is trying to reconcile your values and help other people the idea of nonviolence as, like, the most goodest thing is, like, very ingrained Agreed. in people. And so, like, him being like, oh, weapons, oh, no, ah, what have I done? And, like, having that whole, like, moral dilemma, like, makes a lot of sense. Especially for his character. Because his character is, like, very, very, like, more than most people super stuck in his views. And
1: His I- character is lawful good.
2: Yes, he is lawful good. And being lawful good is the worst and also really difficult for seeing nuance. And the fact that he even is able to see nuance enough to be like, maybe we shouldn't be killing the Shafit was like, Big surprise to me. So the fact that like it's weapons that makes him not want to do it. Like he he's definitely one of those people who's sitting there at like you know Black Lives Matter protests and being like, but the rioters,
3: you
0: know. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. And that was where like that was where like I was like, oh
2: dude. And like that's Ali because it's like it's very obvious that like he's trying to be better, but he's still like you know in like his baby steps of being better. And like, oh my god, I don't think he truly gets how bad it is for the Shafiq. Like he's starting to figure it out. But by the time he starts to get enough to figure it out, his own father is threatening his life. So he's trapped by
1: that point.
0: They can show like, they can show him babies being stolen and sold. They can show him, you know, orphans in a, you know, run down home who are sick and don't have enough like food and medical care and everything. And all of that is so sad. But the second the Shafi'i try to stick up for themselves. The second he realizes that his money might have bought weapons that allow them to, cause they're not supposed to hold weapons. And that, that's kind of like you said, lawful good. That's his whole thing is yeah. that they, they they have weapons and they're not supposed to have weapons. Oh my god. And it's like, dude, what the hell did you think was happening here? Like
2: Yeah, no, I I think a lot of the well, reasons that I'm like defending Ali so much is because obviously if I met somebody like him in real life who like had that sort of same reaction to any protest now, I would be like, dude, what the fuck, no. But I think like he's literally a prince and like the way he's been raised in all of this like really informs his idea of law and order and what should be good. And like, he's questioning it so much that I'm just kind of like, yes, I want to see him get better. So to me, it's more like, like I'm incredibly frustrated with Ali when he like starts to take the right step, but then stops. Cause he's just like, Oh no, my conditioning is kicking in lawful mm-hmm. good rears its head. What do I do? And I think getting in his head and seeing that more, Made me like more interested in him as a character because I I hope like I think the reason that I'm coming at here so hard is because I hope the rest of the story is going to be Ali like fully growing in from lawful good to th- true good and being like you know what I see all this shit and I'm gonna get over the lawful bit and let them hold weapons because <laughs> that is kind of bullshit you know and like that's the journey I'm hoping we get for him obviously you know mostly mostly I just really. I just really feel bad for him because I I disliked him so much at the beginning of the book because I mistakenly liked Dara. Like I said, it's been a year and a half and mm-hmm. I have some trauma from originally liking Dara. I <laughs> corrected to loving Ali as like my rebound in a way. And also because, you know, he do be trying and then he almost got murdered and now he's a fish man. And then his father's like, GTFO and get assassinated, bud. And he's just like,
1: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, no, of the characters like, that I was mad at at the end of the book, Ali was like like reverse mad. Like, I was more mad at him when I first met him in the book than I was yeah, at the end of the book. Yeah. And everybody Ali, else, I was like way more mad at at the end of the book Ali, than I was in the yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the
2: book. I was like, team, like, you know, Ali, you don't suck and you killed Dara. So I'm like down for this. And also, you're just getting royally fucked right now. So I'm sorry, bud. Like, Ali was like in my good, my good list by the end of the book and everybody else was just on the shit list except for like maybe Zainab because she disappeared and didn't bully Nuri for a while so I was like all right I guess she's fine now
1: (laughs) (laughs) she's not as terrible because she's not actively abusing the main character I
0: do not really mind Zainab at all so so Zainab because we haven't mentioned her once before this somehow oh yeah is uh is Ali's sister um so the king Gasan, Gasan. Uh, Gassan has three children: Muntadir, who is his son, oldest son from his first wife, and then Zainab uh, and Ali, who are his daughter second. and then son by his second wife, Hatset, who is Ayanle. And um, yeah, I, I, I mean, of course, when she first meets Nari and gets her like uh, like gets her drunk. Like on purpose and has her like eat meat and everything just trying to like tricks just being tricksy but like also like it's just tricksy honestly like she's not really gonna how much damage is she really gonna do and And then after that
2: is that i was originally like super super mad at her because i was like what a bitch like they should be allies but then i was sitting there and i was like i was like no like from her POV, like this bitch is literally coming in and ruining her life like i get it and i think i think for (laughs) On a list of the characters that were not good to Nari, Zainab is the one that I get the most, and that I understand her motivations the most, and I can't even really be mad at her for it. Although yeah. Nari's like, always right? here
1: for the mean girl bullies.
2: Right? I am. I am. I have a type. It's the mean girl bullies, because my ultimate <laughs> agenda is that the main character girl should ignore all the boys and ignore all the haters and she should just team up with the mean girl girl and then they can rule the world together and i stand by that my my agenda in this book because i think that would be really cool and powerful the end (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I'm here for it let's do it
2: that's the thesis statement
1: that's that's the fan fiction you need to Listen, write if
2: there was a mean girl character in Temeraire I'd be down for her <laughs>
1: <remote>. <laughs> that's why Nami doesn't like Temeraire it
2: all makes sense now right yes Um. Okay. so, <laughs> so to so, all
1: the authors out there if you yeah. want Nami to be a fan just write a mean girl character who could potentially be a love interest for the lead female
0: but and who also, but also the up. more the more you learn about her and the more she grows and changes i mean exactly. you know cuz that's that's how ge- uh, genya not genya um it's a
2: zoya, do me. zoya Zoya. and you know like that's the thing like i if you really want me to like you start off with that mean girl character and sorvus by having her be the real love interest that's the They of <laughs> us by being like, oh, she was a mean girl with a heart of gold the whole time, and now they're BFFs. I will literally even take platonic BFFs. Give me that. Just, Look, just not the are... ladies fight. Let the ladies like team up and kick the men to the curb and be like, hey, we're in charge. And then yeah, can like, also have a if they want. I'm not against it.
1: We are literally <laughs> handing an author a very specific niche
3: that
1: they could just <laughs> write, and they would sell at least one book I'm sure way more than that, but they would sell at least one. They would
2: sell at least three, because I feel like you two would buy them out of solidarity for me.
1: Oh, 100%. Probably. Like, like, now i we like, this is, to... a, this
0: is the book we have to read next. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, okay.
1: <laughs> we would have to do that book on Sagas and Sass. So, again, listeners, if you want to write a book that we will absolutely read for Sagas and Sass, we are writing you a template here.
2: <laughs> this is the plot outline.
1: That's
2: how good we are to you. Um, Okay, but who else are we mad with? I don't remember being really mad at Muntadir and Jumshid. I was more, like, sad for them because I just wanted them to be happy together.
0: I was a little bit mad at Muntadir because, like, him being, like, the playboy and, like, Jumshid is clearly just... One man, dude, like he just loves Mundadir. He literally like throws himself in front of him to save him on the boat, and then like, <laughs> oh, and then and then, and then like he, get, that, and then he gets and then he gets shot with how many arrows? And like Mundadir just kind of is like he just lets his dad like basically let him be tortured. Like I that that whole thing was kind okay. of like I, you I are like you say, are weak you are weak. I Muntadir. would like to
2: say that the idea that Muntadir can control his dad at all is false, and I think saying that let his dad do whatever his dad wanted is absurd because his dad going to do whatever he wants, and I don't think Muntadir has any actual control.
0: I so mean, he can't even
2: protect his little brother from his dad. There's okay, no so
0: worries, the, that wording
2: random Dave about boy from
0: that him. wording was wrong. But I still feel like there could have been, there had to have been something he could do. Like, I I don't know. Like
2: I mean, I don't think so. You know, like the whole thing about the king is that he is, you know, he is objectively a tyrant. Like he is doing whatever he wants with his absolute power. Absolutely. Because he thinks he's doing what needs to be done. And the fact that he is so willing to just throw Eliazad aside and let him be murdered, like, Muntazir knows what his dad's like. Like, he knows that his dad will do this shit, so I don't think he has a choice. Like, I don't think he has any power.
0: Yeah. You might be right. I'm still mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still gonna be mad about it.
2: It's one of those uh, things that, like, yes, I would have I would have loved him to save Jim Sheed and, like, magically saves the love of his life, and they-, they run off to the sunset together, but also, realistically speaking, he does not have any he has like the idea of what power could maybe be in the face of his father. He has no actual power.
0: So, um, before we like close off entirely, one thing I did want to touch on, and this is directly in the Muntadir conversation, actually, is whoa. So, Muntadir takes Ali down to that crypt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where all the Nahid, all the dead Nahid, bodies are just being kept. They were not cremated like they should have been based on their beliefs, religion, whatever you want to call it. Um, Their bodies are just there, like entombed under the palace. I remember
2: getting to that segment of the story and just kind of being horrified. Like, yeah, just absolutely horrified. It was the same, like, kind of amount of horror that I had when we find out like Dara's war crimes like it was like it it was one of those moments where it's like truly both sides of this party of like of like this war have done disgusting things and like I think it kind of hit me a little bit harder too because like cremation is very much a part of like my family's Traditions. And I don't know, I can't remember if it's like a Hindu thing, if it's an Indian thing, if it's just like a what our, my family does sort of thing. But like, we cremate, we do not bury, we cremate, and you're supposed to scatter ashes in the Ganges, technically. And so, you know, like to me, like that whole like they buried them instead, just like viscerally horrifying. I do not understand graveyards, just as an aside. Absolutely <laughs> do not get it.
0: And they knew that this was more than just what they wanted, it is what is required, you know, for, yeah. for them to go to their paradise, I think. Um, based yeah, on what I read.
2: Specifics of it, but it was it was very much like this is like not only their belief system, but it's like their it's like the part of their belief system that leads to like happiness in the afterlife or like true spiritual ascension or
0: and I feel like I hope that this actually like comes back to haunt them. Like I can't imagine why this would have been sh- like, like shown quote unquote to us uh, if it wasn't going to come back.
2: I think it was
0: in some also
2: in part to give us the reveal that the Gazeri family, that the Gaziri family is the one, or sorry, the, the Katani family is the, are the people that like let, Dara be sold into slavery to the Ifrit. And I think it I'm I as of now, I think it I think its purpose was for that reveal and like the reveal of the earring to be like, oh, we don't understand how he still has a body and like this is really weird. Do you see why this is weird? Everything's weird. And like I hope I hope the bodies come back and I hope that I guess addressed because uh love me some war crimes, but uh yeah, I I don't know that it will be, but I hope that it will be because uh whew.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I I same like it's like maybe it won't come back, but I I want it. I, to. I, I, I like feel to I, it I, I feel like the author is going to pay off each thing. I really hope that she does because so many questions about yeah. those Nahid, you know, bodies that well, were okay, just entombed and and the parries, you know the perrys like what the fuck is up with the perrys
2: low-key i like i it's funny because like you care about the perrys <laughs> so much and like i truly could not care less
0: <laughs> well it's them. not that i care about them it's just that i want to know what the heck the point was
2: I think, to me, it was, like, the, like, the balance. Like, the humans are from Earth. Jin are from fire. The married are from water. And the peri are from air. Like, that's, to me, that was what the point was. But I get, like, I get it. Or rather, I understand what you mean when you're, like, I don't get what it.
0: Well, I, is. Think, I think the biggest thing for me is that they, introduce, they, they actually introduced a peri. You know, they introduced him. He is clearly important to Dara's story at the very least. Uh, you know, I know Dara lied about Kater like, bringing him back or whatever he said. I can't remember the exact, you know, words or, or, or like, situation. But, like, I, I, I feel like there has to be more there.
2: I think it might also serve to um, maybe, like the implication slash hint that the merit are also like intelligent creatures as well you know because like you get that the perry are and then by the end there's clearly something going on with eliazad and the merit and i think this is like sort of the oh the merit are like actually like intelligent creatures as well and not like mindless beasts
0: did anybody else like read the description of what happens to Ali and think about Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought, I thought what he was got his name Bill. in the third movie. Uh, I don't remember now,
2: but A Bootstrap Bill.
0: Yeah. No. Yes. Well, Bootstrap Bill was what's his Bill's name? dad, right? Yeah. Um, but like that whole that whole ship, right? Like yeah. all the men on it, like being sort of like consumed by oh, the yeah, no, creatures I of the super sea.
2: super Davy Jones vibes. I was yeah. like, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm pretty sure after I read this book, I was like feeling in a Pirates of the Caribbean mood, but like also it was a year and a half ago. So who knows? Because I'm always kind of in a Pirates of the Caribbean mood. Mm-hmm. That, that was like the OG by Awakening without even knowing what that was at the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, don't disagree there. Um, all right, so, uh, Last thoughts before I ask our concluding question. I
2: super do agree with the fact that, like, a lot of Nari- Nari's choices were, like, annoying me at points, but also, like, I'm always here to defend her to the ends of the earth because please give me more, like, brown women protagonists in fantasy, but also, like, very much loving specifically like a Muslim brown woman Mm. protagonist who is like actively practicing her religion and not being shamed for it and still being the protagonist and like still being like a modern woman and all that jazz and I just I love her to pieces really enjoy her think she's super neat would like to put her in my pocket keep her safe from all the conspiracy people but also like put like a mark in there for her so she can like grab from him and be like happy
0: <laughs> yeah, I know that that was one thing uh Jonathan you know had some family stuff going on and couldn't make it tonight but that was one thing that he mentioned was that this is one of the few if possibly for me maybe the only uh fantasy novels where you know deeply religious people are viewed in like a mostly positive light and I think that it's it's that I mean I I thought of when he said that, I thought of Ali, honestly, um, because as much as he frustrated me at times, like, he's still, like, a good person. He's a well-written character. I think that he is still, like, I, I still view him as much as he pissed me off at the end. I still view him in an overall positive way. I don't hate him. You know, I don't even dislike him. Also,
2: okay. I And I think Ali's portrayal is really interesting because a part of his background is that he is very rig- rigid in his belief system. And part of his belief system is his religion. But mm-hmm. it's not like written as something that is actively like holding him back from being good because you see him trying to be good. And I expect you're going to see more of his conflict in the future. But like you, you can objectively look at the characters and be like, Ali and... N- And Nari are, like, the two, like, kind of, like, religious characters that you see in this book. And they're both objectively trying to be better. And I think that's good. And obviously, like, as I discussed previously, like, Ali is not as far along in that journey as I would like a regular person IRL to be. But he's trying. And I think that's real, real heckin' important. Mm -hmm. It would mean. Love him. Protect (laughs) Ali Azad.
0: Yeah, I mean, having been, like religious in my younger years um but also I, I mean I I guess it 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 speaks a lot to me that I didn't I didn't really who Jonathan and you were referring to in our you know little like pre webcast conversation was nari and I didn't automatically go that route um because i I guess I didn't really see uh I knew that she, like, it's, like, obvious that she's, like, a practicing Muslim, but she, I didn't really see, like, I don't know. Like, I missed something I think,
2: well, I think the thing is that, like, Nari's sort of, like, she's, like, the sort of casually religious that most people are, if they are religious. Like, she just, you know... She's practicing her religion. It's what she does. It's not like an identifying portion right. of her character. It's just, it's also a part of who she is and it doesn't like dictate her. And I think the reason Eliazad stands out a bit more is because he's a little bit more of that stereotypical religious character that we He's see. a
1: lawful good paladin.
2: Exactly. And I think <laughs> the thing is that we are so used to being in a world where religion is treated as an extreme, you believe a hundred percent or you don't and i think the truth is that a lot of people are just kind of in the middle just doing their thing practicing their religion existing as people and i think that since nari is in that you know just doing her thing practicing her religion just being a person it's not as obvious whereas for ali it's like very much tied into his core character as a lawful good and you know so you see that more as like what like the mainstream idea of religion is as somebody who is like a hundred percent into it and kind of always into it and i think having that two contrasts is also very good because most of us are more like nari and i think and i think that was the fact that i kind of like that i like fixated on it so much because i was like i was like she just normal girl doing religion being mm. girl hanging out i
0: just really love nari <laughs> uh so any last thoughts on that nick
1: I am really interested to see where the next book goes.
0: Oh, same. Yeah. I'm so hyped. Low-key, yeah.
2: I stopped myself from reading the next book already because I was like, I knew I would have to reread it for this. And then I knew the way that I expected to be going that I wouldn't be rereading and I would just be doing <laughs> an initial read. And spoiler alert, I was correct. And also <laughs> there's like so much stuff in these books that I was like, if I start to read ahead, I will definitely like accidentally spoil the beans or something. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I've done so, so good like- tonight. Ah! Because I'm Here finished with the you. second book and I'm like 50 pages into the third. So, oh,
2: wow. No. But yeah, no, I am. I'm not saying that I'm turning this off and starting the th- second book, but uh, I kind of am.
0: Well, I mean, literally for me, it's like reading is the only thing I have right now that like keeps my anxiety at bay, to be honest. So, um, it was either finish this trilogy after I finish the second book, uh, like yesterday i think it was either like start the third book or like go back to like song of ice and fire and i was like nah you know i'm just gonna finish this trilogy and then i'll do some funny
2: like for me i've been reading like so many other books this year around this but like as of like september like all of that kind of stagnated because i went to dragon con and i think i just died a lot and i just like i literally have not read a book in twenty. three days right now
3: and I'm,
0: I'm just kind of like uh, oh it took okay. me forever to get through the first book of this series because of Dragon Con but that's a that's an entirely different story speaking of which um anybody who's listening to this if you've watched or listened to our first stuff uh Nami and I were on a panel about season one of Shadow and Bone at Dragon Con so uh I did put that up it was on my personal podcast. I do still need to like share it on the sagas and sass website, um, but it does exist. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but in conclusion, uh, if you were going to, if you wanted to visit one of the six tribes, which one would it be?
2: Well, I think I'll answer first. Cause mine's a given obviously, i going to want because like it me in the ocean, <laughs> like, Yeah. I'll move on to the more interesting answers now.
0: Because yeah, but very- but but like you so, okay. So you've already been to India. So okay, what would your second one be then?
2: Well, it's not <laughs> even that. It's like it's because India. Like to me, like okay, because like it wouldn't be like visiting India. You know, it would be visiting Secret jinn India, and I'm like
0: parallel parallel mm-hmm. India <laughs>
2: Secret jinn <laughs>
0: India. Like I'm down. Let's go. All right. What about you, Nick? Uh,
1: I probably. Kazeeri.
0: I'm torn. Okay. Uh, I think it, it, it would either be uh, Kart Sahar or Ta Okay.
2: So the or.
0: Yeah. The Ayanle or the Sarain. That's mostly just because I have this like huge desire to like go to Africa um, for a lot of reasons and always have. But. Uh, yeah those those are those are the out of these particular you know i don't know I like the idea of visiting the desert and like i don't know so so it sounds like
2: you're idea. leaning a little more courtzahar,
0: yeah, but I also like the idea of <laughs> you know ta-, ta entry being like they they have a i guess maybe a little bit more to see not just I, desert. I don't know. It's very, I'm very torn. Cause like right now I live in a desert area Or, well, I'm, 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 we're at the foot of the mountains in California and it's very, it's very, like our neighborhood is very green, but like you drive like 10 minutes either way and it's just nothing. So part of me is also like, if I still lived on the East coast, it would absolutely be Cards But That's why I'm a little bit torn because like right now I'm very tired I of think- desert.
2: I think to me, another reason I think that specifically I'm very like agnabanchi is because they're the ones that are like, we stay out of the politics. Like, no, thank you. We stay clear of Dave above. And after seeing Dave above I'm like, it would be super mm. cool to be there. But also I would like super get murdered in the middle of all those politics. So perhaps let's go to the furthest place from that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, we will close out. Once again, I'm Tara along with Nick and Nami. Thank you for joining us for Sagas and Sass, and we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Sagas and Sass podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Sagas and Sass.